What is up and welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. Gonna take just a little bit of time today to talk about an article that I just wrote for 49ers Web Zone yesterday called The 49ers Will Win the Super Bowl If. Actually, 49ers Will Win Super Bowl 58 If. And I'm going to give you five things that I think need to happen for the 49ers to win Super Bowl 58 in February of 2024. If there's time at the end, we'll do a mailbag because uh, 49ers Web Zone, we just released a mailbag. Uh, if if not, then I'll do a completely different show for that, but we'll see how much time we have. If you wouldn't mind, take a minute to, to rate, review, and follow the 49ers Camelot show. I would really appreciate that. appreciate you watching and appreciate um, all of the support that, uh, that y'all give us. So let's get into this. What's it going to take for the 49ers to win Super Bowl 58? Now, when when you put when when we put this title out on and, and so it goes out on all social media you know Twitter and Facebook um, goes out uh, uh, on Threads the 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 new place that everybody's running to from uh, uh, trying to escape uh, Twitter like it's the Titanic going down and so we put it out and so people I think without even reading the article they jump in and 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 immediately write what they think and so. Most people are writing the obvious that the 49ers will win if they don't deal with the kind of in injuries that they normally do. That is obviously the biggest thing. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't include that in the list of five things because it's too obvious. I wanted to be a little bit more specific. And I mean, we could say, yeah, number one is if they don't have injuries. Number two is if they score more points than their opponent every single game or something stupid like that. I know that's a little smart, Alec. And so I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be more specific. And so, yes, injuries are part of that. Uh, you know, one one guy wrote on there, uh, the 49ers will win the Super Bowl if the uh, the universe decides to to, to go away from its its normal thing of, of screwing him over. So it was kind of funny to see some of the responses, but I want to get into my five. You could, you could add a couple of more. There's probably going to be some that I'm going to miss. And so feel free to jump in the chat or comment on this and let me know what I missed. So let's get into this. The 49ers will win Super Bowl 58 if, number one, Debo Samuel returns to his 2021 form. Now, the I'm not putting these in any kind of order, so so I'm not saying this is the most important or the least important of the five. It's just one of them, and so there's no order. But that's that's the first one that I wrote down is that Debo Samuel needs to go back to his 2021 form. Last year, he showed up to camp not not in shape. He had a tumultuous off season. And so he wasn't the guy that he was in 2021. In 2021, he was a pro bowler. He was a first-team all-pro. He was one of the brightest stars in the NFL, and he carried the 49ers on his back for much of the 2021 season. And so you remember down the road uh, or you know, uh, toward the end of the season and in the postseason, that Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt and Elijah Mitchell was was kind of in and out, you know. He was he was hurt some. They had already lost Raheem Mostert, uh, I think the first game of the season, and so 
Debo had to start being a running back and not just a receiver. And before they started using him that way, he was already on a Pro Bowl pace as a receiver. He was having by far his best season. Now imagine if in 2022 or 2023, Debo comes in and he's in 2021 form, and then you add Christian McCaffrey to that, that is going to be a powerful combination. So so he came in out of shape, didn't look like the same player um, a year ago. If you'll remember the first game of the season, uh, the 49ers are marching down the field in Chicago against the Bears, and this was before the monsoon came. It was, I think it was already raining, but it wasn't as bad yet. And Trey Lance did a great job moving the team down. He hit Brandon Ayuk for like a 30 or 40 yard gain. And they're really moving. They get inside the red zone and Debo fumbles and the 49ers, you, you miss their opportunity to score. Uh, the bears end up taking, taking over uh, inside the 20, but just not the best season and certainly not the best start for Debo Samuel. I think that was the that may have been the first time. That was the first time or second time that he touched the ball um, the whole uh, uh, in 2022. So here's what he said, He because he admitted this just here recently uh, back in the mini June uh, minicamp, uh, the mandatory minicamp back in June. Here's what Debo said about his 2022. He said, Oh, it was awful. Every aspect. I was kind of behind the ball a little bit as far as being in my routine routine that I'll normally be in for the off season, getting ready to play. Because like I said, a lot of distractions were going on. I kind of felt it, but I was just trying to will my way to help the team in every aspect possible. So I wouldn't say that he was awful. He certainly wasn't. He still had a good season, but it just wasn't what he had shown in 2021. And so certainly that the offseason contract issue where he wanted to be paid right out of the gate instead of waiting later in the in the summer, which the 49ers always do. I mean, Nick Bosa hasn't been paid yet, and they report for training camp next week. So that was he admitted that that was a big distraction. So this needs to happen. Debo Samuel needs to come into 2023 like the 2021 version of Debo. If he does that, that's going to be huge for the 49ers offense, especially when you consider Christian McCaffrey, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So number two is that Brock Purdy needs to build off of his rookie season. Now, we all know the story. We know that that uh, Trey Lance got hurt, then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and then Brock Purdy, who was the last player drafted in 2022, Mr. Irrelevant comes in and does nothing except win. He won every single game that he was able to throw multiple forward passes. I mean, in that NFC Championship game, he was out so early that the 49ers didn't have a chance. You take away that game, Brock Purdy was undefeated. Now, we still don't really know what the 49ers have in Brock Purdy. Maybe he's the next great thing. Maybe he's somebody, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be Tom Brady, but maybe he's somebody like Brady who everybody passed on multiple times and he ends up showing everybody, hey, you were wrong multiple times. Or maybe he's just a guy who was a great story last year and defenses are going to catch up with him this year. So we don't really know. We also don't know how he's going to come back from his injury. 
Sounds like things are going well. Sounds like he's on pace to uh, to to play, if not the first game of the season, at least early in the season. And so, you know, when we look at things historically with this injury, they usually come back from it well. And so, I, I think that that's definitely a possibility, and it's, it's a probability actually. But we don't know that he's going to come back. But if he can come back healthy and if he can actually build off of that great season that he had last year where where he went undefeated and, and he really ran the offense more efficiently efficiently than Jimmy Garoppolo did, which is saying a lot because Garoppolo has been around for a long time and Brock Purdy was a rookie, of course. And not only not only that, but he was a rookie who who was a third stringer. So he's He's not really practicing much. And then when Trey Lance went down, now Brock Purdy was playing, you know, scout team quarterback. And so he's not even running his own offense. And so to get thrown into it and play as well as he did, I think is huge. And and it, I, I was really proud of him and the way that he handled everything and the way he's handled things in the offseason as well. You know, when Kyle Shanahan would say, yeah, he's going to be ready for week one and Purdy'd say, you know, well, we'll see. You know, I, I think that he's showing a lot of maturity because a player like that, you know, who's young and showed a lot last year is going to want to, you know, really show, hey, I can come back from this and I can still do some great things. And so I, I, I'm impressed with what, uh, how Purdy has been uh, in addition to how he was last year. So uh, if he can build off of that rookie season, that's going to be humongous. It's going to be even bigger than the Debo thing. So if Brock Purdy can be that guy, then uh, that's going to be great for the 49ers. Number three is Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. Now, I, I said at the beginning that everybody's saying, look, if the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. They have to stay healthy. And yes, that's true, especially their key players. But I wrote... I, I listed McCaffrey and, and I listed him only as the one who has to stay healthy because I just, I'm concerned with the fact that Kyle Shanahan used him so much last year. And part of it was because Elijah Mitchell was in and out and Jordan Mason was a rookie. And so I'm hoping that those two are able to step up more so that McCaffrey doesn't have to carry the load as much. Plus if Debo comes back to the 2021 version, then that's going to help McCaffrey as well. So here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey played 11 regular season games for the 49ers. He had 746 yards rushing in that time. Without McCaffrey, the 49ers ran for 124 yards a game. That's four and a half yards per rush. Uh, with McCaffrey, they rushed for 152 yards per game in the regular season. And so if you include the postseason, McCaffrey helped raise the 49ers average rushing attempt from 4.5 to 4.8. Now that was good enough. That doesn't seem like much, but it was good enough to take the 49ers rushing attack from 16th best to seventh best. And so obviously a star running back should make your running game better. And that's what McCaffrey did. Now, the rushing part was only a part of what he uh, does because what he adds in the passing game, to me, is what sets him apart. And so that's when we're talking like Roger Craig, Christian McCa- or uh, 
uh, Marshall Falk. Um, Ricky Waters was this way in 94. He didn't do the thousand thousand like, uh, like Marshall Falk and Roger Craig and Christian McCaffrey. But I kind of, I, I kind of hearken back to those days where Bill Walsh used Roger Craig as a, as a running back, but as a huge threat out of the backfield. And then the Rams did that with, uh, with, uh, Marshall Falk, I keep calling him the wrong name. Um, in 94, 93, 94, Mike Shanahan was using Ricky Waters that way. Ricky Waters was a huge uh, target out of the backfield. I mean, they, they, I remember in the Super Bowl, what was that, Super Bowl 29, you know, right off the bat, Steve Young hits Jerry Rice for a long touchdown pass. And then the next drive, he hits Ricky Waters for a long one. And so I, I really liked how the 49ers used to use their running backs. And now Kyle Shanahan has a back that he's able to use in the same way. So last year, Christian McCaffrey had 464 yards receiving while he was with the 49ers. That that's fine. That's that's good. But it's what he adds as a check down for his quarterback as as the the drop off player. So like when the play kind of falls apart, the receivers aren't open. Brock Purdy was just able to drop it off to him, or Jimmy Garoppolo was just able to drop it off to him. That's what makes McCaffrey so special. That Marshall Falk part, that Roger Craig part, that Ricky Waters thing that uh, that they used to be able, where they could line Roger Craig up all over the field. And Kyle Shanahan did that with Christian McCaffrey. He can line him out wide. He can put him in the slot. He can bring him out of the backfield. And this is a huge mismatch because if you wherever you put him, there's not going to be a linebacker that's going to be able to stay with him. And so you have a mismatch right off the bat. And if you if you play any hurry up or you you move to the uh, back to the ball quickly. You don't allow the defense to make adjustments and you can really catch the defense in some, in some tough spots. So what he does as a receiver is huge. Uh, listen to this. Uh, this is, uh, let's, uh, I've lost my place as a, as a first, just we're talking about first downs. Okay. So, so a lot of times this happens uh, on the ground, but most of the time it happened in the air. So McCaffrey, the first down machine that he was last year, without McCaffrey in 2022, the 49ers ranked 13th in third down conversion rate. But with McCaffrey, that ju- they jumped up to number five. And so that's that's keeping the drive alive it's keeping the defense off the field so that they can rest so when you talk about the total package of Christian McCaffrey he doesn't just impact the the run game he impacts the passing game he impacts the defense because they're going to be more rested with a guy who's going to keep drives alive he he's going to help the offense overall because they're going to score more points because they're going to keep drives alive and so it's critical that they keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. Because of this, I think that Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason are going to be huge this season. Still don't know what to expect from Ty Davis Price. I, I want to see what he can do. But Elijah Mitchell was great last season 
when he played, but he didn't play very often. But when he came in, you could tell that he was fresh. He gave McCaffrey a breather. And what I'd like to see is that those games down the stretch, you know, or, or, or even e- any time in the season, those games where they have a good lead and they not, now they need to milk the clock, you know, and, and kind of just keep getting first downs and keep the, uh, keep the clock moving. To me, that's where Elijah Mitchell is really valuable because the guy never fumbles. I don't, I don't think he's fumbled yet in his entire NFL career. And so you want a guy like that who can move the chains, who can protect the ball. Jordan Mason's another one that he punishes people when he runs. So those two guys, I think, are really important to help keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. And so if that's if the 49ers are going to win Super Bowl 58, then I think that McCaffrey has to stay healthy. Number four is that the offensive line has to hold up. This offensive line has been good at times under Kyle Shanahan. It's been bad at times under Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes they run the ball really well, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they pass protect okay, and sometimes they're they're pretty bad. You think about like Super Bowl, uh, uh, Super Bowl. Uh, gosh, which one? Super Bowl Live is the is the one that I'm seeing in my head. Uh, Fifty four, I guess it was against the Chiefs. When you know they have the lead, of course, and they lost the lead in the fourth quarter. And once they lost the lead, and now they have to move the ball and they have to throw the ball and get it down the field, all of a sudden they can't block Chris Jones. And so that's a problem. Then you move back to uh, the NFC Championship game after the 2021 season. They had the 10-point lead that they lost to the uh, against the Rams. And then when it came time in that game where now they have to move the ball and they have to go score, all of a sudden they can't block Aaron Donald. And I mean, nobody can block him, but they, they had been doing a great job until they really need it. It's like when, when defenses know that the 49ers have to throw, now they really have to move the ball and the misdirection's not as as impactful, you know, it's not as distracting. It it takes away from their offense and the play action kind of takes away because they know the 49ers are going to throw. It's like when that happens, like in, in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, like in the NFC Championship game against the Rams, all of a sudden they can't, they can't pass protect. And so this offensive line has to be better. They have to hold up, especially in those games where, where everything's on the line. It's great if you play great throughout the season, but when, when the season comes right down there toward the end and, and, and it's the biggest time of the year and maybe the biggest drive of your life, that's when you really have to come through. And so, I mean, we we can be optimistic, and I, and I think that we should be. There a, a year ago, we we're looking at kind of the same situation. They were starting three new players at left guard, right guard, and at center uh, with uh, Banks, Brendel, and Burford. And so now we're just looking at Colton McKivitz replacing Mike McGlinchey. And I think that Colton McKivitz is probably a better pass protector than McGlinchey. He's not as good uh, as a run blocker, uh, but McGlinchey is very, very good as a run blocker. So if McKivitz can step up and, you know, if those three young guys in the middle can improve upon their 2022, and if McKivitz can hold his own, then this offensive line has a chance to, uh, to be better than they were last year. Now, 
Trent Williams needs to stay healthy, you know, so that's another one like McCaffrey. Uh, but this offensive line has to hold up. They have to, when it comes to, to those big games, uh, they've got to come through. I mean, when Brock Purdy went out uh, in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, that wasn't necessarily an offensive line issue. You know, the backup tight end missed his block, but I think that uh, Mike McGlinchey had had missed a block as well, which may have made that a little worse. I, I'd have to go back and look. But after a, after Brock Purdy went down and then Josh, Josh Johnson came in, the offensive line did not do a good job protecting Josh Johnson. And so, you know, they, they have to be better uh, this year. That, that has to happen if they're going to win the Super Bowl. And number five is that Nick Bosa can't be the only one pressuring quarterbacks. We know what Bosa did last year. He's about to get paid. I think he's going to get paid more than Aaron Donald. This is going to be interesting. On Friday, I have, uh, I'm going to be interviewing Katie Mox of uh, CBS Sports HQ. And uh, that's one of the things I'm going to ask her is if she thinks that, that Nick Bosa is going to break Aaron Donald's record and become the highest paid a defensive player in NFL history. That's going to be interesting to see how that uh, comes about. But we all know what Bosa does. Now, this, what they did in the offseason when they added Javon Hargrave, I think this is huge. This is a great, great move because Nick Bosa can't be the only one putting pressure on the quarterback. So far, we've gotten nothing from the other side. I, I'm hoping that Drake Jackson becomes that guy. If not, maybe Cleveland Farrell can be that guy. Maybe some of the other guys can step up. Um, but look, there has to be a pass rush coming from the opposite side of Bosa. When they had D Ford and he was healthy, he provided that. And that defensive front that uh, in 2019 tormented quarterbacks. And I think for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, I think that they have to get back to that level of putting heavy pressure on quarterbacks. Now, I know that Steve Wilkes said that he's going to blitz more, but wouldn't it be great if he doesn't have to, if his front four uh, can can put that kind of pressure? And I think that they can. Bosa's going to do what he's going to do. I actually think that Drake Jackson is going to be good, and I'm hoping that he and maybe some of the other guys on the opposite side can put that kind of pressure on so it's coming from both sides. And then you add Javon Hargrave and uh, Eric Armstead in the middle. Armstead was great in 2019 when he was right next to DeForest Buckner. Since Buckner's been gone, Armstead's not been as effective. If Armstead is healthy and he's playing next to Javon Hargrave, I think that Armstead could go back to that near Pro Bowl level form that he that he was playing in back in 2019. But here's uh, here's what, why I like this Javon Hargrave uh, signing and, and why I think that this is going to really benefit the 49ers. In 2022, last season, the 49ers defensive tackles recorded a combined 59 pressures. Okay, so for the season, 59 pressures for the 49ers defensive tackles combined. That's the few, uh, the fourth fewest in the NFL. Well, Javon Hargrave had 53 on his own. Uh, he led all defensive tackles in the NFL with a 13.2 pressure rate. Uh, so he he brings pressure. When pressure comes, 
from the outside, that's one thing. But when pressure comes right up the middle, right where the quarterback can immediately see, that causes a lot of problems uh, for the quarterback. And when pressure comes right up the middle and you have pressure coming from the outside, that's when we see things like we saw in 2019 where they're just consistently getting after the quarterback. Now, last season, Javon Hargrave sacked the quarterback 11 times. He had 16 quarterback hits, two fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble. Those numbers are pretty comparable to what DeForest Buckner had in 2019. He had seven and a half sacks, so not as many as Hargrave. Uh, he had 14 quarterback hits, not quite as many. He did have four uh, fumble recoveries and two forced fumbles, but he also played in one last game. So he only played 16 games instead of 17. So Hargrave's numbers in 2022 were, were as good, maybe a little bit better than what DeForest Buckner had in 2019. And so why the reason that matters is, like I said, that the 49ers haven't had that kind of pass rush um, since 2019, and they need to have that especially because, you know, with the uh, secondary, they're still a little bit young in some spots, and we don't know behind Charverius Ward and Yamador Lenore, we don't really know what they have behind them, you know, with Samuel Womack and uh, Ambry Thomas, uh, some of those guys. And then uh, what if I think uh, one of them, um, who's the kid that uh, that they drafted, um, Luter, uh, Darrell Luter Jr. Um, he's already on the pup list, and and we don't know why, but uh, but that was that came out yesterday that he's on the pup list, and so hopefully that won't last long. But uh, so you know we don't really know what what we're gonna what the secondary is gonna look like. I, I think they're gonna be really good, but but they're still a little unproven there. So Hargrave. Uh, it should take a lot of pressure off of Bosa. It should take a lot of pressure off of Armstead. So the 49ers will win Super Bowl 58 if Nick Bosa isn't the only one pressuring quarterbacks, if the offensive line can hold up, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, if Brock Purdy can build off of his rookie season, and if Debo Samuel can return to his 2021 form. I think those things can happen, and I think this is going to be a great season where we're going to see some really good things from the 49ers. I believe that they can do it. Do you believe they can do it? Uh, I, I know that you do because that's why you follow the team. So that's all that I have for uh, for today. I'm going to I'm gonna jump in here, to, here in a little bit and do a, a 49ers mailbag uh, from 49ers Web Zone. And probably that'll probably go out either tomorrow or Monday or something like that. But uh, Friday evening, uh, Friday, I've got Katie Mox uh, from CBS Sports HQ. So make sure you're part of that. Thanks for watching and thanks for uh, subscribing and for rating and reviewing uh, the podcast. Uh, appreciate all your support.